0: Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today, and I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message, and God bless you. Somebody say, a A a A lamb for a house. A lamb for a house. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring yet one more plague. On, Pharaoh's, on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Verse number four says, Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the hand mill. And all the firstborn of the animals. So in other words, God was going to come and strike every firstborn. It does not matter whether you are on the throne or you are sweeping. No one was going to escape the plague. Verse number six says, Then there shall be a great cry. Throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was like such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. And verse number seven says, But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue, against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. So in other words, for the Egyptians, there was not going to be anyone who is able to escape. However, when it comes to the children of Israel, everyone was going to be protected. Everyone was going to be jealously guarded by God in such a way that even a beast that belongs to the Israelites was not going to experience the plague. Somebody say amen. Amen. And why was God doing that? Why was God so particular in making sure that nothing happens to the Israelites? The Bible says it was because the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and the Israelites. The Lord is careful to make sure That there is a distinguishing factor upon the children of Israel and upon the Egyptians. So in other words, whose God is at work with the plague. Exodus chapter number 12, verse number 3. We are jumping to the next chapter. We are just going to read verse number 3 only. The Bible says, speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, On the 10th day of this month, every man, say every man. man. Come on, say every man. Every man man shall take from himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Somebody say a lamb for a household. A lamb for a household. household. Now, this is when God called Moses to partner with him in delivering the children of Israel away from the hand of Pharaoh who was holding them captive. God called Moses to help him as a man in Egypt to deliver the people of Israel from the captivity of the Egyptians that they have been experiencing all of their lives. So now God was in a process of deliverance and God did not stop there, but God continues to be in a process of deliverance. God loves delivering his people. Now each time as Christians, as the children of God, when we hear the word deliverance, Sometimes we even close our hearts each time the preacher starts talking about deliverance. We close our hearts and we say, I don't need deliverance. I am saved. I am tongue-talking. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't need deliverance. Why? Because we have been, uh, in a way, conditioned To think that when we talk about deliverance, we are talking about rolling on the floor, vomiting and uh, and having multiple voices coming out of you and uh, somebody standing in front of you asking you, how many are you? Where do you come from? Who are you and who sent you? And then we call that deliverance. So now we have been short-circuited in our knowledge and in our understanding and in our experience of deliverance from God because of the perception or because of the stronghold that we have built in our, in our heads and in our hearts thinking that only when we talk about deliverance, we are talking about such things that we have seen in the body of Christ. Now, am I negating that that thing that we were talking about is deliverance? No, I am not. However, it is not limited to it. Yeah. Yeah. That is deliverance, but this morning I'm not talking about that kind of deliverance because I, uh, 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 if I talk about myself and for myself, there is an Egypt that I need deliverance from. As much as I am saved, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, but there are things that are still holding me captive that I need deliverance from, that I need to seek God to deliver me from those things. Now, we are talking about deliverance because the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt, but there is no way in Scripture, unless maybe I am ignorant, please help me in my ignorance, just to show me where it says in scripture that when they left that uh, uh, when they left Egypt and God took them out to take them to the promised land they were rolling on the floor and they were vomiting and they were casting out demons And but God says I delivered them from the Egyptians from the hold of the Egyptians so where am I taking this definition of deliverance from I am taking it from the fact that they were in a place of bondage and they were being taken to a place of the promised land somebody say amen so in other words, if I am held captive by any form and anything that is not of God, I need deliverance. If I am held captive by joblessness, I need deliverance. If I am held captives, captive captive uh, uh, by uh, not having money, I need deliverance. If I am held captive by sickness and disease, I need deliverance. So anything that is not of God in my life, that is holding me down. I need deliverance from that thing. So next time you hear about deliverance, don't think you don't need it. There might be an area in your life that I did not mention right now, but you know it. It's been holding you captive for a long time. You need deliverance because everyone has got their own Egypt. Your Egypt might not be my Egypt. And your Egypt might not be my Egypt. It's not only the manifestation of demons, but it is also not being able to lay hold of what Christ has done for us. We need deliverance from that. Now, Egypt, in our case, as the children of God, speaks of, first of all, bondage and oppression of sin. Because we can be bound by sin and its effects. Sometimes we are saved, but we are still bound by the repercussions of sin. We need deliverance from that. Exodus chapter number three, verse number seven says, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. So God knew their sorrows that they were oppressed in Egypt And therefore, he wanted to come and deliver them. So when we cry to the Lord about any oppression in our lives, we are taking that as Egypt so that then God will take us out of that situation or that circumstance. Somebody say amen. amen. So now just like how God called Moses to deliver the children of Israel from their bondage and oppression in Egypt, So did he then send Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver us from our sins. Moses was there to partner with God so that they can be delivered from their Egypt, which was physical, but then God made a plan for us in the New Testament to bring Jesus Christ himself, our Lord, to come and deliver us from our Egypt, which was sin. Because sin can have a grip on you in such a way that even when you no longer want to do what you are doing, but because sin is oppressing you, but because sin has got a hold of you in a way that you can't, you can't even lift your head. Amen. But with Jesus Christ is able to come to your rescue and help you out of sin and its consequences. Because somebody may say, I am saved, my sins are forgiven. But sometimes we are held captive by the consequences of sin. And we always need deliverance. And it is through the Lord Jesus Christ that we can be delivered. Take note, I did mention that all of us need deliverance. Some of us can't even hold on to a blessing that comes with our salvation. Why? Because we have been oppressed by the circumstances of the sin that has already been dealt with. But the circumstances have got a grip on us and we need deliverance. Some of us can't even uh, uh, see the good thing that God begins to do in our lives in such a, in such a way that we even the enemy does not even have to come and take it away from us. But we self-sabotage ourselves. We are those who are able to to can eat up the blessing of the Lord upon our lives. Why? Because of the consequences of sin in in our lives. Somebody say amen. Amen. In the book of Acts, chapter number 3, verse number 22, the Bible says, For Moses truly said to the fathers, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever He says to you, and also in Romans chapter number 6, verse number 17, the Bible says, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. So there is also deliverance from a certain doctrine. A doctrine, a mindset. There is deliverance from the way of thinking. There is deliverance from a way of believing. There is deliverance from a a, a belief system because sometimes we think that uh, for us to be accepted by God, we must be in a certain way. That is a form of believing. A form of believing. When you believe in a certain way that God has got nothing to do with your belief. You need deliverance from that. Some of us, it is very hard to let go of the religious uh, uh, things that we have held on to ever since we got saved. It's not that you are not saved. You are saved. But religion has a hold of you, and you are captivated. You are in captivity by religion. We need deliverance. Now, we need deliverance from the bondage of sin, I said, and also from the consequences of sin. But praise be to God, I said, Jesus Christ came so that we can be delivered from sin and its consequences. And also we need deliverance from the world. Egypt, in our case, speaks of sin and also it speaks of the world. So we need to be delivered from the Egypt That is called the world because some of us have been saved and we have been taken from the kingdom of darkness, transferred into the kingdom of his marvelous light. However, we still live as though we are in the dark. Why? Because of the love of the world. And we cannot help ourselves but to get back to the things that God has already taken us out of because of the love of the world. So that is another Egypt that we need to be delivered from. An Egypt of the world, of the love of the world. Many Christians are free from sin, but we still love the world so much. We are worldly in our thinking. We are worldly in our conduct. The way we think We think as though we are of the world. Remember where we read the fact that when God uh, 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 began to strike Egypt with the plague, then what happened was he made sure that there was a difference between the children of Israel and 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 the children of the Egyptians. So it is important to God that everyone can be able to differentiate between a worldly person, and a Christ-like person. It is the will of God that we do not uh, um, fit in. Some of us will always water down our Christianity so that we can fit in. Some of us will always even try and not be those who grow in the knowledge of who God is and in the knowledge of our Christian walk by reason of wanting to fit in. Sometimes we want to fit in at work sometimes we want to fit in in society sometimes we want to fit in uh, you, you know in 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 the areas where we live we just want to fit in and as we are trying to fit in that's when then we will have to be cut into the size to fit into the world hallelujah so in other words we are not living the fullness of our christian life and we will never experience the fullness of our christian life and what God has done for us and who he is as we said that we are about who he is and what he has done and if we want to fit in in fact I am imagining a puzzle when they are making a puzzle what they do is they will cut it to size so that it can fit in perfectly so each time you want to fit into the world you can never be able to fit in unless there are things that are removed from you So as a Christian, there is a form that you take. There is a posture that you take, that you take. And if you are to fit in, each time you lower your Christian standards to fit in, something is being removed. Yeah. Yeah. And that thing that is being removed, unfortunately, you don't know when will you need it. That's why maybe uh, uh, the demons once said, Paul, we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, we know. Who are you? Why? Are you? why? why? Because he thought, because Uboni Ubon, Ubon, listened to Jessabez yeah, yeah, yeah. then he can also do what Jesus was doing. But unfortunately, he did not fit perfectly. Yeah. And the demons said, Paul, we know. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, we know. Yeah. But who are you? There is something missing. So, being worldly, it's not, I'm not talking about the fact that you need to be religious. No. But being worldly is loving the world more than you love God. Is loving the things of the world thinking that you need them more than you need God. But let me tell you something this morning. I want us to walk out of this place knowing that it is an Egypt. Loving the world is oppression. Because it will never allow us to know God the way He wants us to know Him. Loving the world will never allow us to experience God the way God wants us to experience Him. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. So that is in our thinking and also in our conduct. There are people who will say things in a very eloquent manner. And you will even think that they are correct, only to find that they are very much wrong. In their sincerity, they are very wrong. As sincere as they are, they are very wrong. And if you are a Christian who loves the world, who wants to fit in, you will then water your Christianity down so that you can let this person think that you agree with them even though maybe even in your heart you are saying, I don't agree with you. Something is going to be taken away. You must say, I don't agree with you. Yes. And be frank and say, I don't agree with you. One day uh, at work, there's a guy who were having lunch um, at work. Uh, where I used to work in the corporate and they were busy arguing about Jesus. Arguing, arguing, I was saved already then. They were busy arguing and arguing and arguing about Jesus. Jesus this, Jesus that, the church this, the church that. And I started trying to defend Jesus. And this guy who is not even saved said, ah, don't worry, Jesus is a big man. He can take care of himself leave them because there are people who can be very much assertive in what they are saying but you can leave your anointing there on the table by reason of wanting to prove a point end up saying things that are not correct and something will be taken away from you and you don't know when you might need that thing are we not supposed to be with people of the world there is no such We are still in the world. But the Bible says, though we are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. So the thing that God wants to correct here this morning is that we need to be delivered from the Egypt of the world so that we can be free to live our Christian lives, so that we can be free to live the life that God has given us and that we will not want to fit in. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter number 12, verse number 2. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, God was not ignorant of the fact that our mind is full of worldly things because we were not born saved. Some of us have grown up to be a women and men just before we got saved. And therefore, our thinking patterns were structured in a certain way by reason of us growing up in certain conditions, in certain communities. However, there is a possibility in the kingdom of God that that mind can be renewed. But how can that mind be renewed by not conforming to the standards of this world, so in other words, I show God that my mind has been structured in a certain way. It's unfortunate that even doctrine, even when we are saved, our minds can be structured in a certain way by reason of doctrine, even when we are saved. But then there is provision for our minds to be renewed. Somebody say amen. And first John chapter number two, verse number 15. The Bible says, Do not love the world. Or the things in the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father but is of the world. So, Lord, you mean I must not be proud? Yes, you must not be proud. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye. And those are the areas where Jesus was tempted because anyone who is here on earth will always be tempted by those things. But that is why then God warns against them to say, let your minds be renewed so that you can easily pinpoint the lust of the eye and the pride of life and the lust of the flesh because all of those things are of the world and they are not from the Father. Verse number 17 says, and the world is passing away and the last of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So in other words, all of these things that the enemy wants to cause us to want to fit in about, they are not even eternal. They are not even forever. They are not even going to take us to where we want to be taken by God. Matthew chapter number 13, verse number 22, the Bible says, now he who received seed amongst the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, the word and he becomes unfruitful. So in other words, it means that when we hear the word, it must come and transform our minds. It must come and renew our minds, so that then we can be taken out of the Egypt um, of, of this kind, which is the world. Somebody say amen. amen. But we are in the world, as I said, but we are not of the world. Now Pharaoh, in our case, is Satan himself. Pharaoh had the children of Israel captive and they were in bondage. They needed deliverance from Pharaoh. In our case, as we said, that our Egypt is the bondage of sin and also the world. We are held captive even though we have been set free, but we are still held captives. It's like an animal that has been held in a cage for a very long time and even uh, has been conditioned. That it cannot go past a certain uh, 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 area in such a way that even when they open the gates of the cage, even if they unlock the cage and leave the cage open, that animal will not go beyond the stage that it is accustomed to. So the same way with us, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And God has taken us out of the bondage of sin and also of the bondage of the world. However, we are still limited by the world. We are still limited by the bondage of sin, because Satan himself, the God of this world, that's what the Bible says in the book of Second Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 4, it says he is the God of this world. So the God of this world, Satan himself, and I always wonder, I always say there are two questions that I'm going to ask God when I get to heaven, and one of them is that, but why did he throw Satan into, into the world where we are? There are so many other places. There is even Jupiter. There is Mars. Why the earth? There is the sun. Where he can practice how to burn. But he did not. But he chose to kick him out and bring him here in the world. So he is the God of this world. That's what... That's what the Bible says because God was also about to judge and punish Pharaoh and the Egyptians for not releasing the children of Israel, for not releasing his firstborn, which is Israel. He was able to get plagues to them so that then they can be able to release his people. And just because God did not want the children of Israel to become collateral damage to be those who are because at the end of the day, the train is going to pass. Yeah. So it's up to you whether you move away from the, from the rail or you stay there. So the same thing God wanted to avoid was that his children were not supposed to be those who are going to be affected by the plagues. And therefore, he made a plan for them. How did he make a plan for them? He made a plan for them that every household must have a lamp. He said every household, must, every household must have a lamp. They must shut their doors and sit there and not only sit there to look at the lamp, but they were supposed to sit there and eat the lamp so that then they can be able to be recognized by the plan itself, that these ones are the ones that are protected by God. These ones are yes in Egypt but they are not of Egypt and therefore if they wanted to make sure that the plagues are not going to come near their households it was, imp- it was important that they took the lamp seriously in such a way that they were supposed to close themselves in their houses so that then they can be able to eat the lamb somebody say eat the lamb I don't know about you, but I love lamb. but this morning we are not talking about the lamb that you left in the refrigerator at your house, but we are talking about the lamb of God who takes away the sins of this world. So in Egypt, the Pharaoh was the enemy and God brought the plague for those who were in Egypt but were not of Egypt, they were saved. Same with us as those who are in the world, but not of the world. God has sent his son, who is the lamb that was slain. The Bible says he was slain before the foundations of the earth. So in other words, God had already made a provision for us to be able to have access to this lamb. But take note, having access to this lamb does not mean you are eating. The ones that are exempted from the plague. Now watch this. Look at this. They were spared. And we are here. We can be spared. By any kind of Egypt that is holding us captive. Any kind of Egypt that is busy making sure that we do not rise. Any kind of Egypt that is holding us captive. Some of us, we think, life, because we are not of this world. Even though we are in this world, we are not of this world. And if we want to be like those of this world, we will be mistaken. The enemy who is Satan, the enemy of this age, who is not Pharaoh anymore, but who is Satan himself, everything that he is busy doing in the world, if he can't see the sign of you eating the lamb, then he will not be able to see that you are the one who is not of this world. He will take you as the one who belongs to him. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, that was a prophetic instruction so that they could be spared that they, may cl- they must close their doors and have a lamb for each and every household but also eat the lamb. Somebody say amen. amen. Because the Bible says in the book of Hosea chapter number 12 verse number 13 says by a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt and by a prophet he was preserved. So God is in this generation raising up prophetic voices and leaders that are going to speak and give prophetic instructions so that then we can be able to be spared. Because in this day and age, we can all agree that there are many things that we, are, we want God to cause us to be exempted from. I don't know about you, but there is quite a lot that is happening all around me that I want to be spared, that I want to be exempted for. And the only way is so that I can, uh, 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 the only way is that God can bring about a prophetic voice that is going to even give me an instruction to say what is it that I am supposed to do so that I can be spared from all of these plagues that the enemy is busy doing all the stunts that the enemy is busy pulling in this world. And this world belongs to him so he can do whatever he wants to do because God has given him the chance. I don't know why, but we might have a conversation with God if I'm not in awe of the glory on that day. But just to hear from him, why is the enemy, uh, uh, why did he let him so free? Here on earth, but maybe God wanted us to be disciplined enough to hear the instructions that are given to us by those that He has chosen for us to be prophetic voices over our lives. But the question this morning is: whose voice are you listening to? Who is giving you instructions? What are you hearing uh, 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 with your ear? What are you uh, what are you absorbing into your spirit so that then you can be spared, so that then you can do the instructions. But unfortunately in this generation, this is a generation that does not want to listen. I'm sorry to say it, but it's the truth. This is a generation that is very, very clever. In such a way that we are clever than God himself. But there is Egypt that is busy holding us captive. And God by instruction, he took them out of the Egyptians grip and he led them straight into the promised land. And there is a promised land for each and every one of us, but there is supposed to be a prophetic instruction that will come so that then we can then respond to it and do what the prophetic instruction says so that then we can be able to be spared in this day and age. There is quite a lot of social ills that are busy uh, finishing off The youth finishing off even our lives, and most of us are affected directly or indirectly by so many things but then it can happen to any of us have you ever heard someone say this and this happened but it can happen to anyone it's the truth they're not lying it can happen to you it can happen to me Uh, but the thing is the difference is that I can be spared by reason of a prophetic instruction because God wants to take me out of the Egypt whatever kind of Egypt so that I can be taken and delivered into the promised land somebody say amen Amen. now Matthew chapter number 10 verse number 41 the Bible says he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward so in other words the most important thing that we need to know is to differentiate between a voice of a man and a voice of a prophet When we are given instructions, because sometimes by reason of familiarity, we can easily think it's the man talking, whereas it is now the prophet, the prophet talking so in other words if i receive you as a doctor i will get the reward of the years that you spent and the sacrifice that you made uh, uh, to learn and to study so that then you become a doctor but when god ele- when god elevates you because yes it is a calling is an elevation when god elevates you to become a prophet and then i still see you as a doctor then i will receive the reward Of a doctor only. I will never receive the rewards of a prophet. Somebody say, Amen. Others are very much in danger by looking at the man himself or a woman herself, instead of looking at the prophet that can be able to be used of God to even deliver a prophetic instruction so that then we can be spared. But the question is, who is a prophetic voice in your life? So in other words, the children of Israel had a prophetic voice, which was Moses. But you who is seated here under the sound of my voice, do you have a prophet, a prophetic voice that will speak over your life, and God will make sure that they elevate their voices, that they amplify their voices in such a way that they can be able to even talk to your situations and talk to your circumstances, so that then you can be delivered from any kind of Egypt. When God wants to deliver someone from any kind of Egypt, he raises up a prophet for them, but it is up to them to hear the voice of the prophet within the voice of a man. So the children of Israel were able to hear the voice of a prophet within the voice of Moses. But this morning, who is talking to you? Who is a prophetic voice over your life? We are rushing. Now, we said there is an Egypt... And in Egypt, there was a pharaoh. Now we also have our Egypt, and our pharaoh is Satan. But praise be to God that in Egypt, the children of Israel had the lamb that they were able to be spared. They had a prophetic voice, which was Moses, and they also had the lamb. But this day and age, praise be to God, that we have the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb is adequate for each and every household, especially during any difficult times. As a couple, don't fight each other when you are in bondage of any sort in Egypt of any sort, when you are held captive by sickness and disease, when you are held captive by even not enough, not enough money, maybe even those who can't have children, maybe even those who come short in any form and in any stature. I want us to realize that we are those who are held captive by Egypt. All that we need is to eat the lamb. The lamb is adequate. We don't have to even be log loggerheads with each other during our difficult times, during our challenging times. Let's not fight one another, but let's fight the enemy who is holding us down, who is holding us captive, who is the king of Egypt, which is the world in our case. We need to know who is the enemy. Sometimes when we are going through challenging times, Sometimes when we are going through difficult seasons in our lives, we are tempted to find an enemy within our household. But I want us to know that there is no enemy in our household. All that we need to know is just to bring in the lamb. The, the Passover lamb. Bring in the Passover lamb who is Jesus Christ himself. Bring him into your household and cause him to deal with every captivity. Cause I Ask him to deal with each and everything that is holding you down in your household. There is no need for you to be angry at one another by any situation or by any circumstance. The lamb will bring everything into perspective and God is going to make sure as soon as you eat the lamb that 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 you are able to be recognized even by the devil himself. That this one is untouchable. That you can go to the next door neighbor, but this one is untouchable. That you can go to the next office, but this one is untouchable. That you can go to the next desk, but this one is untouchable. But all that we need to do is to make sure that the Passover lamb is within our households. And we don't just look at him but we eat the lamb. John saw the lamb and said in John chapter number 1 verse number 29 Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He takes away the sin of the world. Paul also said something about this lamb in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 5 verse number 7. So in other words, this lamb can take away the sin. The sin. The sin, not the sins, but the sin. Because there are sins that are produced by the sin. But when the lamb comes, it deals with the sin, the mother of sins. The one who reproduces sins. He deals with that one because sometimes we run around trying to deal with the sins around us, only to find that we give, each time we try to get rid of them, lo and behold, the next day it's there because it has been reproduced. But this Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. First Corinthians chapter number five, verse number seven Paul says, For indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. He's the Passover lamb that was sacrificed for us. 1 Peter, chapter number 1, verse number 18, Peter said about the lamb, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition from your fathers. Verse number 19 says, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So this lamb is able to take care of anything, no matter how how much of a grip it has had in my mind, how much of a grip it has had in my life, but this lamb is able because he is, ble- he is blameless and he is without blemish and he is without spot. That is why he is even so bold to say he is coming back for a church that is without wrinkle and without spot it is because he knows that it is possible to become man because this lamb became man this lamb was tested like us this lamb went through everything that we are going through so there is nothing new for this lamb this lamb understands how difficult it is to live in this world but not be of this world he understands but the one thing that I love about this lamb is that he is not asking us for something that he did not test first. Where the man can be able to let go of certain things. Where the man can be able to resist certain things. Even when the enemy himself came to him while he was on a high. While he was on a high fasting and praying. Hey, <inaudible> On a high. So, no, I, 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 I did too much church. I'm taking a break. On a high. On a high. I was fasting and praying. And God broke through for me. So now I can go and do whatever I want to do. Because I'm on a high. The lamb himself. On a high, on a mountain, the devil came and tempted him. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. Those are the three things that we need to look out for in this world. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. We are in this world, but we are not of this world the lamb has gone before us. He says is coming back for a bride, for a church that is without wrinkle and without spot. Yeah. He was here on earth. He was not of this world, but he was in the world. He wore the flesh just like us. He was tempted by, uh, just like us. So he knows that it is possible for us to be taken out of Egypt while we are still in Egypt. Yeah. The plague did not come upon the children of Israel. But they were not in the wilderness yet. They were still in Egypt. We are not in the promised land yet. We are not in heaven yet. We are here on earth. We are in the world. But it is possible for us to be exempted and spared only if we take care of the lamb. Somebody say amen. Now... There are many believers who are right in the way of death in these last days. And the death, someone might think, yes, people are dying every day. We hear about people dying every day. But here we are talking about especially spiritual death. Because they are after popular opinions. Whatever opinion that comes that is strong, then they go, they are tossed to and fro. They are are feeding themselves with uh, popular opinions. They are feeding themselves with what the crowds feed them. They are feeding themselves with what people um, have made as philosophies. The philosophies of life, they are busy feeding themselves with those things. Christians, instead of feeding themselves with the lamb. Proverbs chapter number 14, verse number 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Matthew chapter number 7, verse number 13 says, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there is a few who find it. So it is important that we don't go with popularity. We don't go with philosophies that everyone is going for, but we go with what the Lamb wants us to go for. We go with what the Word says, we must go for somebody say amen Amen. so with that they are on the way to death spiritually that even though maybe we are still coming to church that even though we are still speaking in tongues we are still clapping our hands we are singing songs of worship however the thing is we are no longer in the place that God wanted us to be in there is nothing as painful as dying while you are living Sometimes it's because of the things that we have picked up along the way as Christians that we die spiritually. Sometimes it is because of familiarity that we are familiar with Christ in such a way that we even know what he is going to say next. And then we end up uh, 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 allowing ourselves to be influenced by any philosophy. And slowly but surely, We are dying spiritually. But praise be to God that we are those who have and have fallen in love with the church. We have fallen in love with the church where we are able to be taught, where we are able to be corrected, where we are able to be led, where we are able to be taught. So now there must be a lamb for every household and there are two powerhouses in each and every person's life. One, it's family, which is the home. Number two, it's the local church. There must be lamb. Those two houses, there must be lamb. For us to be spared in these last days, for us to be exempted from the plague that Satan is busy with in our society and in this world, we need to make sure that there is lamb and enough lamb in these two powerhouses. Number one, the household, which is the home. Number two, the local church. Those are two powerhouses where we need to make sure that the lamb is there. Family is one area where we can resist the devil. Remember, the Bible says one can chase away a thousand, but two 10,000. Look at the ratio. Look at 10,000 and 1,000. One can chase away 1,000. Two, 10,000. That is why the enemy is after families. That is why the enemy does not love families to stay together. That is why the enemy does not want families to be those who love the Lord and who are rooted and grounded in Christ. That is why you will find that sometimes when the wife is serious about God, the husband is not serious about God. Maybe when the husband is serious about God, the wife is not serious about God. Sometimes the wife even appears to come alone even to church or you are are the only one born again. The husband is the only one born again in the house or vice versa or whatever the case may be or the children don't want anything to do with God it's only the parents who want the, who wants, uh, uh, to be saved, who wants to be born again however it is the works of the enemy in this world to take away the lamb from the powerhouse called family it is the work of Satan himself so that then he can be able to have access to the family but I am here this morning to prophesy upon each and every one of us whether you have a family now or you are still going to have a family. I want you to know that as you come over and over and over again exposing yourself to the word of the Lord, you are busy eating the lamb and you are taking the lamb to your household. You are taking the lamb to your family and in your family there shall be no plague that shall come upon your family by reason of the lamb. In the local church where you are in and we have to say because other, other than, otherwise, we will not be people who are grateful. We are so blessed to have a teacher for a pastor in this church. Because it is what you do not know that the enemy can leverage on. So when you are taught the Word of God, and you get to know the Word of God, it's not about jumping up and down. There's a place for that. It's beautiful and it's nice and we love it. However, if there is no teaching priest, if there is no teaching priest in the house, then the lamp will not be whole. That even though we want to be those who are delivered and to be those who are spared from all the plagues, however, if the lamp is not there, we will be like any other man. We will be like those of this world. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. Now, what is this lamb? This lamb is the nature, the divine nature of God, which is found in Christ Jesus. Those who are eating the lamb are the partakers of the nature of Christ. So each time we teach in this place, each time you are taught, you are eating the lamb. And when you eat the lamb, you are transformed into his likeness from glory to glory because we are partakers of his divine nature in such a way that when the enemy is looking for ordinary men, because the Bible says he feeds from dust. So when you, that's his food, that's Satan's food. He feeds from the flesh. He feeds from dust. That is one of the cases if you read in the book of Genesis That he was going to eat the dust. That he was going to crawl and eat the dust. And therefore men were created from the dust. That is why he was able to go to Adam and be able to crook Adam. Because he was hungry, looking for something that he can be able to eat. Up until today, he is roaring like a lion looking for whom to devour because he is the one who feeds from the flesh. He is the one who eats dust. That's why when we are being buried, they always say dust returns to Because you are dust without your spirit. So if your spirit goes to be with the Lord, then the dust returns to dust. So the enemy feeds from the dust. That is why he wants to give you the things which are the lust of the flesh, which are the lust of the eye, which are the pride of life. Anything that has got to do with the flesh. Anything that has got to do with uh, what he can eat, what he can devour. He wants you to own it as your own whereas it's something that he has given to you. So when we partake of the lamb, we become like Christ. We partake of his divine nature. Second Peter chapter number one, verse number three, as I am closing, it says, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So how do we escape? We escape by becoming those who are partakers of the divine nature of Christ. How do we become partakers? of the divine nature of Christ by eating the lamb. So the lamb in this house is available. Next week, Umfundis is going to be telling us how to eat the lamb. I was just here to introduce to you the lamb that must be eaten. The lamb that must not be ignored. The lamb that must be taken into our families. Run away from a church that does not have the lamb. Because that's how you will be exempted. People perish for lack of knowledge. That's how important knowledge is in the spiritual realm. That's how important knowledge is to us as the children of God. That is why I love those who take notes when we are teaching. It is because you understand that this is my food. This is what I am supposed to eat to become like Christ, to have the divine nature of Christ, so that when the enemy comes and tries to strike with any kind of Egypt, any kind of captivity, then we are able to be exempted and spared by reason of the lamb. We need to eat the lamb. We need to eat the lamb. There is an Egypt, there is a Moses. There is the lamb. So everyone is, in captive of, by, is, is held captive by something, by some form of Egypt. And we said, in our case, there is Egypt, which is the world, which is also the bondage of sin. But then there is a prophetic voice that God has raised for us in the person of our pastors, in the person of Umfundis, our lead pastor. A prophetic voice that God has raised for us in this generation and in this hour. And there is a Pharaoh. In the Egypt, there was a a Pharaoh. But in this Egypt, which is the world, there is Satan who looks to devour us. But there is the Passover lamb that has been saved. Saved for us. The Passover lamb is available for each and every one of us. We can take him to our families. Every household must have a lamb. That was the prophetic instruction. Every household must have a lamb. They must not look at the lamb, but they must eat the lamb. Somebody say, eat the lamb. Next week, how do we eat the lamb? Mfundisi will elaborate on that. Don't miss next week. And that's how you will be spent in this day and age. That's how you will be exempted in the plagues of Satan. Are you blessed this morning? Yeah. Yes. Come on, clap your hands and bless the Lord. Yeah. Let us stand. The enemy will not have our children. The enemy will not have us. Such a wound. Such We're not leaving him at church. We are taking him home. We are taking the lamb to our families. We are taking the lamb to our households. And we are going to eat the lamb. And we will be spared. Hallelujah. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.